Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Logaman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in. It is Thursday. It is week eight. It is the Doug Peterson Show. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logaman, and Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson about to hop on the plane and head over to jolly old England to face the Denver Broncos, battle of two and five teams, and a good chance to get on track, good chance to get away for a few days together as a team and try to get this thing turned around. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a great opportunity for us. Um, you know, to get things on track, um, and and we're and we're not that far off. That's the thing that is, uh, uh, I think, encouraging for me is that we're not far off, and and uh, our guys understand. They're they're disappointed, they're mad, uh, which they should be, um, because these last two weeks we feel like we've we've kind of given the games away. You know, it's it's not necessarily teams have beaten us. We've kind of beaten ourselves from time to time, and and you know, it's all the things that we keep we keep talking about and. You know, we've we've got to do our part as coaches to make sure that they're well prepared, and then and then the players go play. Well, the the plays that you talk about about beating yourselves this past game, you know, you fumble at the five yard line going in, you have a a personal foul roughing the passer again, even though they don't get any points about that situation, it's still a, a momentum swinging play that goes the other direction. Exactly, exactly right. And, and you know, the, on that play, it was an, it was an interception. It was a turnover, and and. You know, offensively, we get the ball up around the 25, 30-yard line at that point, and, and who knows what happens after that, you know. But, you know, listen, these are these guys, they keep fighting, they keep battling. Um, you know, and I'm the type of guy, too, that I, I, I don't like to necessarily kind of harp on all the negative. I, I got to stay positive with these guys and encourage them because, you know, they're busting their tails during the week in practice and then ultimately in the games. Yeah, messaging, I think, is critical from, from a coaching staff when you're in the midst of a four-game losing streak. And one thing that can happen, I'm sure you're trying to protect against, sometimes guys try to do too much once you've had some lack of success. So how do you prevent that from happening, guys trying to do too much? Well, I, I think you just got to continue to just make them aware of that, you know, in, in that point. And I think from a coaching staff, too, you know, we can even scale back and, and from a from a game plan, you know, perspective and just sort of, you know, take things back to, uh, you know, maybe training camp or the first part of the season that, that where we had success and, and just, you know, allow these guys still to play free, to play fast, uh, you know, play, play with, uh, you know, great reckless abandon, so to speak, physicality, all that kind of stuff, but at the same time understand that, you know, we've got to eliminate some of these mistakes in order, in order for us to win these games. Doug Peterson with us on the Doug Peterson Show. Let's get to the big news earlier in the week. James Robinson traded to the New York Jets. What went into it? And uh, take us through that move. Well, you know, first of all, um, I just appreciate James. You know, I had a short time that I got to know him. You know, he was coming off that injury, and he battled all offseason to, to get himself in position to help us and, and the way he worked during training camp. And, you know, just a great kid. You know, he's, he's a quiet, uh, the, the kind of the, the quiet kid and – uh, got to know him just a little bit and so uh, you know I, I'm excited for him number one you know obviously we know the Jets situation and, and they lost a couple of running backs there at least one and that we know of and so they needed they needed some help and and uh, so he, he gets to go up there and be the guy you know and, and uh, it, it it does you know um, I don't want to say it affects us but we do lose a good player number one but at the same time you know I look at it like it's a it's a it's a win-win because he gets a chance to go play uh, do the things that he's very capable of doing, and then at the same time, you know, we get the resources and draft picks, you know, in the future. 
Uh, you've said in the past that uh, you guys are at your best when both running backs are healthy, and now he's gone. How does that rotation work for you going forward with Jermichael Hasty and Snoop Connor in the backfield? Yeah, I think that's just it. You know, we, we like where Jermichael's coming and how he's been producing and and uh, been effective. And then and then you know Snoop, you know, is a, is a guy we drafted, we liked in the draft, and and he's he's really proven in practice that. You know he's capable of, of taking on a little bit more of that load. So you know it's a great opportunity for him. It's a great opportunity for all those backs. And and you know obviously we know what what Travis is capable of doing. And and uh, we've got to keep him coming and and uh, keep him on you know uh, at the forefront of everything that we do. But you know it's still going to be sort of a running back by committee. I don't think you can get through an NFL season without having two possibly three guys to do that. And so we're looking forward to to working with those three. You mentioned ATN. It, it does help when he is starting to really turn it on here in the middle part of the season. It is. And, and it's a credit to, I think, to the offensive line, tight ends, the guys that are receivers have been blocking for him. And he's got such a great burst of speed once he hits a hole. And, you know, uh, it's just, it, it is. It's a, you, you never know when he's going to break that long run. Uh, that's, that's the, that's the neat thing about it. And, um, you know, and just love everything about it. Love his work ethic and, and what he brings to uh, to our offense. I want to talk about two plays in particular with Travis. One good play, one play that you probably like to have him see it differently. The 49-yarder we'll start with. The way that he set up the Cam Robinson block, which you had an unblocked defender, which I'm sure you weren't expecting in that situation. The way he set it up, Cam was able to get to. That was an absolute thing of beauty. It was, and, and you know, we talk about – you know, setting defenders up for our offensive linemen when they're in space. We talk about it on screens. We talk about all our all our perimeter. You know, we call transportation type runs, and and he did a great job of dipping inside and really stopping the feet of both defenders. And then, you know, Cam was able to kind of, you know, use his right hand, I think, to kind of knock the first guy down, and then and then work himself up to the second guy. And just, you know, Cam, such a tremendous athlete anyway, and and things like that really don't bother him. And uh, he did a nice job, but that that run to be able to set up that one particular block uh, was a thing of beauty, and it's just it's an innate you know sort of um, instinct that that Travis has you know uh, as a ball carrier. Yeah, I first of all also credit uh, Cam Robinson gotten it out, kind of dinged his shoulder up a little bit in the game, and and continues on right the play that I'm sure that he'd like to have back. Much talked about fourth down play where you don't make the sneak, but the third down play before, which is a wildcat look, if Travis follows Cam on that play, uh, there's a lot of green. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, um, it's how guys learn. You know, it's really how guys learn. And, and um, you know, it is unfortunate because we got stopped right there on that drive. But but he, he'll learn from that. And, and the next time we get an opportunity, you know, he's going to make that play. And, and, you know, it's, it's something, too, that I keep talking to the offense about and really to the entire football team is, you know, they, they understand that what my mentality is in games and, and I'm going to be, you know, as aggressive as I can. And, 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 you know, I think it's a credit to our players that, that, you know, how they play during the game really affects if we go for it on fourth down or not. And, you know, yeah, sometimes, sometimes we're going to hit them and then sometimes we're not. But the ones we don't, they're, they're great opportunities to learn from. Let's move it forward now to the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars at Wembley Stadium this Sunday in London. The Denver defense, one of the highly rated groups in the NFL. They are second in total defense, first in yards per play, 15th against the run, second against the pass. I can go on all day. I mean, third best scoring defense in the NFL. 
I'm sure it shows up on film also. That Those numbers just don't lie. Thanks for making me feel better. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. Uh, it is. No, listen, these, these guys are really good. They fly around. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's again, it's a, it's a unit that is uh, very similar to the L.A. Chargers, very similar to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's that type of structure, that type of back-end, you know, coverage unit. And so, we, obviously, we have experience going against, you know, uh, that already this season. Um, but, yeah, these guys, are, they're, they're stout and physical. They run well up front. You know, Chubb is one of the better outside backer, you know, type guys. Browning is the guy they're going to miss, I think, on the edge. And, um, and Boy, he's and, really good, Browning. When he he's is, playing, he he's good really player. good. He's a good player. And then, you know, Sertain in the back end. I mean, he is a really, really good young. I know he was, think, I believe, in the Tyson Campbell draft and – you know, he's a really good corner, and, and he's going to be a great corner in this league for a long time. So they've got the pieces back there uh, on defense. It's going to take, uh, you know, great effort by our guys, all 11 guys on offense, to, uh, you know, attempt to move the football. Offensively, they're still trying to find their way. Uh, got injuries at quarterback. You know, what do you expect them to be on offense? Because from your defensive perspective, I almost saw – a blended game plan that Dayball approached your defense with. He took a little bit of the Philly, you know, game plan, the RPO stuff, and then the tempo from the Indianapolis loss. He kind of put them together for a game plan against your defense. He did, and and you know we expect um, going into it that, that that Russell will play. You know, I mean we gotta we gotta you know get ready for that. But um, you know we know how how mobile he is, and he can beat you with his legs as well. And you know you got to be ready for that. You got to be ready for some of that zone read and. And, um, you know, even if, if, you know, Ripian plays, I think there's some, some athleticism there, too, that, that they, can, they can take and use. And, and uh, you know, we've got to learn from that and, and really, you know, on defense, you know, just focus in on our jobs and do, do what we're asked to do and, and, and try to get these quarterbacks on the ground because, you know, they're, they're getting more athletic at that position. Uh, teams are utilizing them more. You can see us on offense, we're using Trevor a little bit more with his legs and, um, you know, again, it's just going to be a it's going to be an all out effort. Final thought with you going across to London, logistics, uh, the the practice, the facility, everything going on a little bit different this week. Obviously, uh, how do you get the team ready for a trip like this? You've you've done this trip before back in the uh, not to say the old days, but back uh, turning back the clock a little bit. Yeah, you know, and and I tell you what, we've we've got a crew of, of a team of people here in Jacksonville with the organization that listen. This is not Jacksonville's first time over there either, so they've. They've really got this thing down to a uh, to an art, you know, and, and really down to the minute as far as when we take off, when we land, and and all of that. And so it's it's pretty seamless for us. You know, we're going to get the bulk of our work done here uh, in Jacksonville, which we've done, and on Wednesday, and obviously today, Thursday, and getting it uh, getting it gone, and then we get on the plane tonight and go over uh, and land Friday morning. We keep Friday rolling right into meetings and in our our you know our red zone type day on Friday and. Give the guys some time, too, to kind of maybe experience the city on Friday after practice, you know, and just some of the guys haven't been over there before and, you know, just, just relax and unwind. It's a Friday can be a long, hard day from the, the, the time change and all that. But, you know, it's just um, our, we, have a, we have a great group of people that have put a lot of, lot of hard work in and, and um, you know, we're ready to go and get on this plane and, and, and try to come back with a win. Yeah, Friday's a good nap day. And by the way, if you if you need any place, any kind of you know uh, visitor guide, JP here is big over there. Been he, there a time or two. Yeah, he's like he's Hasselhoff. Big over there. Hasselhoff, big in Europe. <laughs> he is big in uh, Europe. yeah, P- pub guide. 
Pub Guide Central. Hey, pub Guide. All right, there you go. There you go. I can't confirm nor deny uh, that. <laughs> uh, we'll see you on the plane, Coach, and we'll talk yeah. to you after a win in London. How about Perfect. That? Thank you. Good Head Coach you. Doug Peterson with us. This is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman, our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson jumping in as we get ready to hop on the plane to London. The Jaguars and the Broncos coming up at Wembley Stadium this Sunday. It's a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time kickoff. Glad you're with us on the Jaguars radio network today and on Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at jaguars.com. Well, it's a four-game losing skid. It's, uh, you know, there's obviously going to be some frustration around that and the way they've played and had these mistakes and self-inflicted penalties and things going on, but you just got to keep grinding and keep moving. They're right there on the verge of some of these wins. You just got to keep keep fighting the fight. Well, and I appreciate what Doug is. The one thing about him is that he's incredibly consistent. You know, when we've had the opportunity to see that consistency throughout training camp and then also throughout the regular season. And I think if you're a coach, if you change the way you are, then the players kind of wonder, wait a minute, what's going on? And so I don't expect Doug to handle it any different, but you still have to be able to, to teach and to keep reinforcing the message, especially when it comes to those self-inflicted wounds because they continued again. And at some point you got to stop them if you're going to expect to win. His reaction when I kept reading off the Broncos' defensive statistics was telling. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, well, let me bring this up because as soon as he walked into the studio, right. I mean, literally, we didn't say a word. And he's like, you guys seen their defense? <laughs> right. Oh, my God, the Broncos' defense. I mean, he was talking about their defense before we even asked the question. Yeah. I so, mean, that's how impressed he is with this Broncos' defense. And, and he said that uh, – arguably one of the the best that they'll face this year. And that's high compliment now because Philly's got a really good defense now and they've been playing pretty good, but he knows it, you know, right in the midst of the preparation, you turn on the film and they've got a really good talented back end with guys up front that can play and it's a it's a defense that's been keeping the Broncos in game while their offense has been a little off, yeah. to say the least. And let's touch on that. That's a big question going into the week, at least. Is Russell Wilson going to be ready to go this week, or is it Brett Rippon for a second week in a row? They've here's, got to prepare for us. Well, here, here's what I think, and this is not any reflection of what Doug said to us or anything. This is an international game, okay? International game with an international spotlight with a quarterback who likes the spotlight and Russell Wilson. I'd say. I think there's going to be a uh, – he will find a way to play in this ball game. I will say this, though, about uh, at least historically, the pitch at Wembley can be a bit slippery. Uh, the footing can be a, a little bit odd. The pitch. The pitch. The field is what they call it. Uh, okay, it why, 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 why did you use that term, the pitch? Because that's what they call soccer fields. The pitch. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, the pitch. That, that's why I was asking for clarification. Because it has a pitch, has a crown. That's what they Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Either way, but it can be a bit slippery. So, for a, a quarterback who likes to run around with a hamstring with issue, a hammy. Uh, is that the best combination? I don't know. Uh, the one thing I do like about this week, and having 
done it many different ways and have having felt the vibe that comes from doing it different ways. I like the concept of traveling on a Thursday today versus traveling earlier in the week. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when a team travels early, they think it's a, a vacation, which in fact it's a business trip. Now Doug said that you know guys are going to have you know a night one free night of free time and and obviously you need to be responsible when you have that that free time, but it's not an entire week of hey, you know what? Let's go down and see Abbey Road and all these other cool places. I mean, I mentioned Abbey Road because that's near and dear to our yeah. producer's heart, Mr. Joe Fortunato. He loves visiting Abbey Road. Correct. So there's a lot to uh, get done, but then at the end of the day, there is a football. We've seen this in the past over there, uh, kind of rear its ugly head, the uh, the weekend events and things that happened, um, yes, in the past. So let's uh, keep that on the on the down this Knocking year. on wood there, JP. We don't need anything like we've seen in the past. No, it has not been uh, – particularly good over the years as a whole. So, all right, uh, two and five teams going at it. Both teams on four-game losing skids. Uh, the offense in Denver hasn't done much of anything. Defense certainly has. The Jaguars on offense are moving it, but just certain situations can't have some fits and starts in the red zone and then the short yardage and things. It's just kind of they got to figure out a way. Well, and you know, we had a, a little conversation there after we were wrapping up with Doug, and, and, I, and I told him this, that I love watching the design of some of the offensive plays. I mean, some of the things that they're, that they're doing, because it's Doug, it's Press Taylor, it's the offensive line coach, it's Mike McCoy, it's Jim Bob Cooter, the passing game coordinator. I mean, all of these guys are contributing to a game plan that there's plays that are are being made, but there's also plays that need to be made for this team to be able to take that next step. But it's so fun to watch because they are doing such a great job of game planning as an offense. Wait until they hit their stride. I mean, seriously, wait until they hit their stride. Wait until they fully understand what they can be if they will make the all the plays that are there. And then defensively, this football team, even though the Broncos are not a monster offensive team, the defense has had some issues over the last couple weeks. They need to get them rectified because I can guarantee you one thing. Denver's going to utilize some of the same plays – that the Jaguars have struggled with over the last couple of games. And it's a Nate Hackett revenge game, too. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that. You know, Nathaniel Hackett, the last time he was here, he was fired by Doug Marone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it wasn't fired by the, the Jaguars. Maybe he was the, fired by the, Doug Marone. The cat head will incite some things inside of him or something. I don't know. Maybe well, not. Look, I can, course, t- I can tell you this. Nathaniel Hackett has got a lot more to worry about (laughs) the way things are going in Denver because the scrutiny that is happening with him, it's pretty pretty intense. We'll take a timeout. We'll get into that Jaguars offense matchup this week against a really highly rated Denver Broncos defense and see how the quarterback can progress moving ahead. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. 
Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show, presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to the head coach, Doug Peterson, joining us in the first segment each and every week. The Jaguars and the Broncos coming up at Wembley this Sunday. It's a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time kickoff. We'll go on air on the network at 8.30 with Countdown Day kickoff and get you ready for that game. And uh, it's a battle of two and five teams. It's the Jaguars offense that is moving the football fairly well between the 20s. Logs, they can uh, they can move the ball, but the uh, red zone has left a lot to be desired. They've had some key situational things that haven't gone right for them this year. I mean, as a whole, the, uh, the Jaguars on offense are middle of the pack in the league. Um, they're running the ball. Yards per carry is pretty high. But you just got to, in those key moments, make throws and hit a guy in stride or, you know, just haven't – it's not clean all the way through yet. Well, and, uh, well, I, I would say they're not hitting on all cylinders yet. Consistency, you want to have a little bit more consistency week to week. You know, the Texans game obviously was uh, one of those blips that's really far down on the radar. And uh, But impressive to me, I mean, 450-some-odd yards of offense, your third down percentage was high once again. The red zone, though, is something that you want to be better at. You know, they have three commandments on offense. Have you – do you – can you rattle them off, JP? I'll, I'll <laughs> Go ahead. quiz here. Okay. <laughs> Here's the three offensive commandments that Doug Peterson has and Press Taylor has. Number one, protect the football. Okay. They didn't do a perfect job of that against the Giants because they fumbled at the five-yard line going in. Travis Etienne did. So that's one area you didn't do a great job in. Create explosives. You actually did a pretty good job with explosive plays, especially especially against a – a challenging defense, but with a challenging defense typically comes opportunities. Weak Martindale's defense plays a lot of man. It gives you a lot of opportunities for big plays. The Jaguars were able to make some. You'd like to see a little bit more than what they had. The last one, which is great situational offense. Situational offense means fourth down success, red zone offense, tight red area, all of those things that kind of make the difference. Good two-minute drill. All of those things make a big difference in offensive success. And I would say that if you looked at the categories, you had the explosive, you didn't protect the ball perfectly. You always have a little leeway with that category protecting the ball if the defense is taking the ball away well, but the defense has hit a dry spell at taking the ball away. And then that last category, great situational offense, that's an area that they didn't excel at this past game. Jaguars overall on third down this year, 11th in the league, and then 7 of 17 on fourth. That's been uh, a topic throughout the week of the, the fourth down calls. And, hey, it's Doug Peterson. It goes back to the 2017 season with the Eagles. That was when it really kind of came into the limelight that he was going to be aggressive in these fourth and short situations, and most notably, of course, on the Philly special in the Super Bowl. But uh, that's kind of carried over, and a lot of other – Offensive play callers are being a little more aggressive around the league, not just here in Jacksonville. That's more of a trend league-wide now. It is, and analytics is a big part of all of sports now. And that, one of the reasons why I asked Doug the question when I brought up Travis Etienne, I, I brought up the good play, the long run where he set yeah. up Cam Robinson's block beautifully. I mean, that was that was a big-time material play right there by Travis Etienne. And then I brought up – you know, a play that wasn't so good that it is a great opportunity for Travis to learn from, which was the third and one, which was before the fourth and one that's so talked about. 
And that's where Travis, if he just follows Cam Robinson on the outside, it could have been possibly a score. It's not a very big play. And you wouldn't even have been having a conversation about what do you do on fourth down? Do you uh, go ahead and take the points and kick a field goal? Or do you run a different play instead of the, the quarterback sneak? The other thing I will add on that fourth and one play that they tried to run a quarterback sneak, a timeout there, Probably wouldn't have been a bad idea because when you came up to the line of scrimmage, the many other times that you ran the quarterback sneak, the Giants left one of the A-gaps open. So Trevor could squeeze into that unmanned gap. It was manned, but it was the linebacker that was behind off yeah, of the ball. A step off the ball, right. Well, when he goes to the line of scrimmage on that particular fourth and one, the Giants had changed their defense from the way they treated the, the short yardage ones from before – they had a man in every A gap, B gaps, and C gaps. So right there, okay, Trevor, look at that and go, timeout, okay, and come to the sideline and say, hey, look, it, it wasn't a good look. We've got a backup right guard in and Cole Van Lanik, because Sheriff was off the field for a short period of time for some reason. I'm not sure if it was injury or equipment related. I think it was injury because he went in the blue tent for a little bit. So then maybe reassess where you're at. We'll take a timeout. Jaguars defense trying to get back off the mat after giving it up in the fourth quarter last week on the ground especially and facing this Denver offense that can't get out of its own way so far this year. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Thanks for joining us on the Doug Peterson Show. The Jaguars head coach in the first segment of the show each week. We heard from him. The Jaguars headed to London coming up, well, tonight. They'll uh, be on the plane yeah. and arrive Friday morning in the U.K. They'll stay out in the countryside at a resort where they'll have a practice field. And then they'll head down to Wembley on Sunday and play the football game against the Broncos. Well, and, and tomorrow's always a challenge. Friday, for yes, the players absolutely. because you're you're trying to get a night's sleep on a plane and then when you hit the ground in London you have a commute from the airport to the facility where you're going to be staying at and it's typically during rush hour which can be uh, long. Yeah, no police escorts. Uh, there are no police escorts over there, mm-hmm. and uh, and then also uh, you kind of jump right into the day of work if you're a player. You've got meetings, you've got practice. And then you'll get some time to yourself that night. But uh, yeah, it's uh, there's it, it, you don't feel fresh and spry. At least I never have on a Friday. And if I haven't, I guarantee you the players haven't as well. Right. Jaguars defense uh, gave up all the rushing yards they could in the fourth quarter. It felt like when Saquon got going, and then Daniel Jones was ripping off runs. And of course, two weeks ago it was the short passing game of Matt Ryan, who has since been benched in Indianapolis. Well, he had a career-high completions, a bunch of crossing routes. So, you know, it, one week it's one thing. The next week it's the run defense. And, you know, they're trying to figure it out on all sides right now on the defensive side. Well, and you know how I do, J.P. I take notes during the game. And, and you had the, the lead at the beginning of the second half. You took the lead 17-13. to 13 And you go back to where the offense gave the ball over on downs and talk about change of momentum. Okay, so then the Giants take over the ball at the 21, and then on that drive, 
the Giants are able to put together some successful rushing plays. It's both with Barkley and the quarterback, Daniel Jones. You had an opportunity on that drive. Okay, Rayshon Jenkins has an opportunity when he has the pass defense. If he gets a little better jump, that's an interception. You know, that's an opportunity lost there defensively. You end up allowing a 10-play, 79-yard drive. And also, if you'll remember, another mistake on that drive. Because I think that's a mistake with Rayshon not making that interception. If you, you expect your players to make big plays, right? Rayshon make that play. Tyson Campbell covering in the end zone. Gets called for interference. Gives the Giants the ball first and goal at the one-yard line. And then the Giants take it in. And then you have an opportunity to answer that offensively. You have a false start at the beginning part of that drive. You allow pressure on the first and 15. And you had an open wide receiver down the field in Christian Kirk. The pressure affects the quarterback. You go three and punt. And then you give the ball back. And then once again, it's Barkley and it's Daniel Jones on the ground. And they run a four-minute drill to the T, the Giants did, eating up the clock and putting some extra points on the board and making it tough against the Jaguars. And that kind of was, was the game there because the Jaguars weren't able to answer. Although, I give them credit. They fought back at the end. You know, but you know, moral victories in the NFL are not exactly what you're striving for. You're looking for victories, the ones that go in the W column. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and get into the Jaguars trade earlier this week. We heard a little bit from head coach Doug Peterson earlier. James Robinson, now a member of the New York Jets. And this is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. We're back. It is the Doug Peterson Show. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson joining us in the first hour, our first uh, first segment of the hour-long Doug Peterson Show. Glad uh, you've joined us today. The Jaguars headed to London tonight. They'll arrive Friday morning in the U.K. and play on Sunday at Wembley Stadium, a place they know very well from over the years. Last visit to Wembley, though, for the Jaguars, of course, before the pandemic started, 2019, a loss to the Texans in that game, and then of course 2020, no London games at all. Kind of and forget about that. 21, right? they fulfilled, helped fulfill the NFL's obligation at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and played a game there against the Dolphins and won on two wacky field goals last year. Yeah, the uh, I, I heard that the stadium, the Tottenham Stadium, Tottenham, yeah, Tottenham, Tottenham, yes. Not Tottenham. You can take the boy out of Virginia, but you can't take the Virginia out of the boy. <laughs> oh, but anyway, uh, I heard that that stadium is amazing, and uh, at some point I would like to see it. Maybe I'll go see a football game there yes, at some point. Yes, good idea. That would be soccer game. That would, yes, that's what that hey, is. Uh, by the way, I want to wish nothing but the best to James Robinson. I know Doug Peterson did the same thing. He's a, he's a good dude, and he's incredibly quiet, and, uh, but a good guy, works hard, kept his mouth quiet and just worked hard, and I appreciate James Robinson. I wish him nothing but the best. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, you know, this is a business, and decisions are made to where teams and sometimes the player make decisions that are in their best, best interest. And sometimes it's disappointing, 
but it is what it is, and I and I hope nothing but the best for both both parties. Hope the Jaguars end up getting a great player with the picks that they get out of it, and I hope James turns out to be a great asset to the New York Jets. Consider where James Robinson came from before the draft. He was not a, obviously he was an undrafted player, but had to work his way through the Shrine game to even get on the radar, and then okay, he goes to a small school. And they sign him undrafted. You got Leonard Fournette's in front of him when he arrives here. I mean, give me a break. So how's he even going to make the team and contribute? He just kind of kept grinding and grinding and got playing time. Doug Marone put him in the lineup. Let's play. Here we are. And they did now a great all of job. a sudden he's the starting, most likely the starting running back at the New York Jets. And they have a winning record and they need him to perform. That's yeah. Big. And unfortunately they have another offensive line injury. So I <laughs> I hope they got somebody that can step in Elijah Vera Tucker's role. He's a rookie uh, offensive lineman from USC that I loved coming out of the draft. He's a really good football player. But they've had some offensive line injuries up there, so hopefully James can still find his way. And just and also consider once he got here, after all that, he finally made his case to be on this roster and stay. What happened last year to him with the previous regime did not want him on the field, and then – he injures his Achilles second to last game of the season, has to go through all that to get back for the start of this season. Uh, and, yeah, so best of luck to James. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that are here in Jacksonville that are fans of James Robinson and are rooting for him in a big way. Well, guess what? We'll get to see him uh, the Thursday before Christmas. Hopefully you won't see a whole lot of him. <laughs> in other words, uh, you know, where he's – having a field day running the football against the Jaguars' defense. Yeah, no doubt about that. That, that does mean also that uh, Travis Etienne has come into his own a bit, I think. Uh, well, three look, straight he, games, over 100 scrimmage yards. He's deserved. Look, Travis Etienne deserves the role that he's now going to have. And, it, and I'm not saying that he had to have a trade happen to get it. I mean, he's just earned the role whether James Robinson is on this team or not because he's just been really good. Now, there's still a lot of areas that he can get better and learn from. You know, Indianapolis, the long run, make that guy, that safety, make him make a move to where you can beat him. The question that you talked about with Fred Taylor, okay, give him a little something. Uh, the third and one play, you know, follow your lineman, Cam Robinson around. I mean, and, but the one thing about Travis that is really special is that he's explosive, and you can't coach explosive players. What I mean by that is you can coach them all you want, okay? but the reality is you can't coach an explosive play out of a player who's a slug. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> can't teach speed, right? You can't. <laughs> you can't. I mean, it's, you, know, you can't take a, a tortoise and make it a hare and vice versa. It just it doesn't work that way. We'll come back in a moment and plenty more ahead. The Jaguars and the Broncos coming up this Sunday. This is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show, presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, the Jaguars and the Denver Broncos, coming up at Wembley Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Get your eggs and bacon and a complete breakfast, if you'd like, or not. Uh, How about the nice all- hot coffee? I got, I got a suggestion for you. Watch some football. What? Okay, wake up early and hit the 
and get you an all-star special. Oh, it's pretty good. You know the, where that restaurant, I, where they, you get them at? I do, yeah. I mean, it's got the waffle, the eggs, the bread, the grits, mm-hmm. the meat. I mean, that's that's like the ultimate Sunday breakfast pregame meal. There are a number of If options. you're not playing. Uh, right, yeah, don't go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and same in the in the UK uh, on the ground. I know you're not a huge fan of the British food, as you put it, delicacy. But, you could say, uh, but their breakfast they do breakfast very well. They do, they do very well. They do. I'm look. I'm looking forward to to the game. I really like the atmosphere at that game. is a lot of fun. It's unique. Um, you know, people all over from Europe come to the game. Um, all kind of different jerseys, more Jaguars jerseys now as the years have gone along. Let's get back to this matchup now. And it is a, a quite a matchup this week for the Jaguars offensive line against the defensive front and outside linebackers for Denver that can really bring it. And uh, they're rated very highly. But it's an offensive line group that's got a, a rookie center still, obviously. Tyler Shatley, veteran left guard, veteran right guard. We'll see what Sheriff's status is. He was out of the game a little bit last week. Uh, and then the tackles, uh, Robinson on the left, Taylor on the right. How are they doing? Well, let me, let me, I'll start from left and go to the right. Okay? okay. Cam Robinson got a little dinged up in that game, but his athleticism just continues to really show. And what I love is that the coaching staff is utilizing his athleticism. They're allowing him to get out in space. The long run that ETN had for 48 yards, that's, that's what they call, you know, like a toss crack where you have tight end wide receiver doing the cracking, although they're not smacking guys in the ear hole. They're walling them off. Cam's pulling around. And he's so athletic that he can operate in space and get blocks better than most guards, which tackles aren't really known for guys that can run like that, but he does. Uh, Shatley, I think, has done a really good job, really good job to the point that they haven't missed a beat. And, uh, and I hope, by the way, Ben Barch is healing up. Fortner, I think, took a big step up this past game against the Giants because you know what I saw? I saw a young player that's got a little nasty to him. JP, I'm talking about he was blocking Dexter Lawrence down the field where Dexter got mad and threw Fortner down to the ground <laughs> with him because Fortner was blocking him to the whistle down the field. Right. And then throwing a linebacker down on a block probably was a hold. But nonetheless, it was awesome. Liked seeing that. And then, you know, the grit of uh, right guard Brandon Sheriff is tremendous. He's just so consistent. And he's athletic as well. But Juwan Taylor has played his best games back-to-back as a pro. I said that last week against Indy, it was his best game as a pro, period. He followed it up with another strong game. And the difference is, is the way that he's run blocking, he's finishing, his pass protection's good. You want to make sure that as offensive lineman, you eliminate the false start penalties overall. But this group has got a big challenge this week, but they are getting better and better. Credit Phil Rauscher, the offensive line coach, because this group, I think, has taken a lot of steps forward this year. And then you throw in the uh, tight ends who've had a hand in some of that blocking up front too. Well, and I think, and you bring up a point there that uh, I should be ashamed of not mentioning him with the offensive lineman, and that's Chris Manhurts, who is one of the best blocking tight ends that there is in the league. PFF has a ranking 
of all the tight ends as, as receivers, as blockers overall in offense. Manhurts is near the top of the list, if not at the top when it comes to blocking. He's been really good. Now, the uh, the leg whip thing, you know, you want to get rid of that. Sure. In fact, uh, it, because it's a dangerous play, that's why they got it out. In fact, uh, my first start, a little flashback, my first start ever as a defensive end in this league was 1990 at Cincinnati, and I'm going against the Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a Hall of Famer at that point yet, but he was but well he was on, on his way. His way. Sure. He was well on his way. He knew it was coming. And I thought I had Anthony beat inside. I did an inside swim, and then uh, all of a sudden I get tripped up, and I'm I'm going. I'm going to the quarterback. Next thing you know, here comes this big leg whipping around and catches my arm that I was catching myself with on the ground. He hits me in the back of the elbow and literally pops my elbow the way it's not supposed to go. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I was down for the count on that. So my first career start ever as defensive end, I got leg whipped by Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz. Did you tell him about that? I did. In, in fact, in fact, no. Uh, when he was in town <laughs> – for the big weekend for the uh, Tony Baselli jersey retirement at the uh, showing yeah. of 71, yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked with Anthony and, and I shared that story with him. And I said, man, I said, uh, you about took me out for a couple of weeks after that one. But it was a cool moment. You know? What did he you, say? He's like, yeah, you deserved it. You were going after my quarterback. Well, it was. No, it, he wouldn't say that. <laughs> the great players in this game are the ones that, physically have great gifts, but as they age, their their seasoning, their smarts that they have, getting it done and by any means necessary, they get creative. And Anthony Munoz had it at that point because I was not expecting the leg whip. And I can tell you, if I had faced him a decade earlier, he wouldn't have needed the leg whip to get me. Yeah. He would have just flat out blocked me. We're back in a moment. Our final thoughts ahead of this Jaguars-Broncos matchup coming up at Wembley Stadium. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. We're coming down the home stretch on the Doug Peterson Show. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber on the audio and video side. As always, and the Jaguars face the Denver Broncos Sunday. 9.30 is the kickoff time Eastern. 1.30 the kickoff time in London. The London clocks fall back an hour the night before the game to Greenwich Mean Time from British Summertime. Mm-hmm. So it's a four-hour time difference on game day. And uh, so there you go. Looking forward to that. The, uh, both teams two and five, and both teams have dropped four in a row. And both teams have a lot to get off their chest, if you will, in this game. I think. Uh, and, I, and I think for both teams, you, you want to get the win just because you want to stop talking about the losing. And that's not the reason why you want to win. But my point is is that you want to have affirmation of what you're doing because you have new regimes with both organizations that you want to have affirmation that what you're doing is right, that you're headed in the right direction. And I think both fan bases want to believe that the team is headed in the right direction. And this Jaguars organization was the worst team in football for two consecutive years, and the team started out hot. And team and uh, people were thinking, "Wow, this is great, right?" 
and people in the national media were actually starting to talk about the Jaguars as, hey, people are taking notice. And then you hit the losing stretch, and now you start to question what you're doing sometimes. But you can't question that. you still got to kind of stay the course, and, and you got to have a win, though, that affirms what you're doing is the right thing. Yeah, just keep it up on offense and moving the ball. Just those situations have come back to bite him a little bit. Some of the short yardage stuff, the red zone, we could talk about that all day. And, of course, on defense, the, the running game last week in the fourth quarter, the four-minute situation especially. Oh, boy, couldn't couldn't get him off the field. And then and uh, make a play defensively. Yeah, make a play. get a turnover. They've gone dry on the turnovers the last two, three weeks. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to change. And, uh, and I will say that when you play – in really big games, uh, you have something that's called, I call the magnification of mistakes, which turnovers are in that category. And so in a game like this, if you end up having a costly turnover with both teams having lost a lot of games recently, it could take a lot of, it could drain a team. So you want to be the team that gets the takeaway first, not the one that gives it away. All right, Jaguars back in London. They're back at Wembley for the first time since 2019 this coming Sunday for a matchup against the Denver Broncos. It's the ninth all-time visit to London for the Jags, the second all-time for the Broncos. Again, an 8.30 airtime with countdown to kickoff on the network Sunday and then a 9.30 kickoff for the Jaguars and the Broncos. Thanks to our entire crew, and thank you for listening to the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network.